Yeah. Do you want to dive in or? Yes, I do. Did you get a chance to reread them? Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay, so Um, you want to like introduce, since this is the first episode, how do you want to do that? Just say what we're uh, talking about today in order and then just start. I feel like this is this is more. I feel like this is more your show. Um, <laughs> what? I mean, you pitched it, so. Oh. Okay, you, I see you, what you're saying. Your idea. Yeah. No, I yeah. I get it. It was my idea. Thank you. So here's the thing: we're doing James Joyce, and we're starting with reading Dubliners. Okay, and we're gonna go through like we did with Shakespeare and talk about it in order, uh, whatever comes to our mind, piece by piece, okay? So we're going to try to do, for the Dubliners, three short stories each episode uh, of the What You Will episodes. Yeah, which isn't just like a random number, because um, I didn't want to give too much away when we were just talking about this, but you'll have noticed, having read the first three, that those are all like childhood. Oh, okay, I was going to bring that up, of course, yeah. That story? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it kind of goes by threes. Oh. Uh, the first three are, like, childhood, and then, I mean, this is like a, uh, yeah, I would have to trace back exactly So you knew, you knew that ahead of time? He, 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 well, so he, I, he he added some, if I remember correctly, I, I know that the first three are, those three are from childhood originally i think there were supposed to be 12 before even like the dead was a part um i have to go back to my elman as we go through and you know uh i mean it doesn't super matter because we'll be able to tell where they're set um or when they're set they're like the first three were originally childhood and then three set in like boarding school and then three in adolescence and then three as like or boarding school and adolescence, and then three is like more mature life, and then three is like more public, public stories. But okay. there are, at least in my copy, there are fifteen stories. Yeah. So that didn't exactly bear out exactly. Um, well. Yeah, a story like the dead wasn't even planned. If I if I, I don't think it was planned in the 1904 when he thought he would be done in a couple months. That's true, because I read the introduction, Um, so that came up. It talked about how it was an arduous process to get it published. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were a lot of... uh, I mean, one of the stories that we read already, uh, an encounter, uh, was legally troubling for obvious reasons. Um... Yeah, it was it was a it was a long story. It was kind of convoluted and hard to follow the problems that were that the introduction talked about with getting this published. Um, he tried it in London first, then went to Ireland, mm-hmm. and then back to London, and finally got published. Uh, you know, like a decade after he wanted it to be. Uh, but you know, I appreciate the fact yeah. that he was so stubborn about not changing things. I don't know if he was. I couldn't tell if he was naive well, about how publishing worked because you would have thought that he would have expected the delay or at least i mean the objections you know based on what i was reading about the rules for publishing books back then with the um um the foul language comparatively for that time and 
using the the real names and of places and people and so forth. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was something he couldn't change because he, I mean, he it was a testament or a, a, like you said, a monument to Ireland. Maybe not necessarily a reverential monument to Ireland, but um, yeah, he very much you know when he talks about North Richmond Street or whatever, he wants it to be exactly the street, the blind street right. that he lived on. No, I, I totally think he was right not to compromise, and his sacrifice, yeah. I think you mentioned this last time, at least, that you uh, admire that way of living. Um, yeah. But it required poverty and not being published for a while, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, cool. And I was going to bring up the fact that it was all, that the first three were based on the perspective of children. That kind of confused me. It didn't confuse me, but I found it, I did not expect that. So I find it... Intriguing that the next mm-hmm. ones will not necessarily be that way. Um, oh, I didn't want to. I, I shouldn't have given too much away. But yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an idea that recurs through Joyce, which also uh, echoes in, in Freudian literature of like the city or the state um, or any like any culture kind of going through the, the similar ages of man and vice versa. That any person goes through the same stages of like the a, a, a culture's growth and senescence um so to tell the story of he, he keeps talking when he's when he's writing letters about uh his his motivation at this point of, of writing dubliners um that it, it, dublin is this has been a capital of Europe for a thousand years, and it's supposed to be the second city of the British Empire. Um, right. So yeah, he's very consciously writing Dublin's story at this moment, um, and again and again, um, kind of wavering between like excoriating Dublin and uh, just. Uh, We'll see. There are some 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 much more putrid uh, scenes of Dublin, um, and maybe yeah, just just nostalgically looking back. And here, when he's writing this, he was in Trieste, uh, the city between Ireland or not Ireland, <laughs> city between Italy and Austria, um, which kind of went back and forth between those two. Um, or I guess at this point it would have been the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and, uh, also there were Bosnians who were, you know, put under the boot of, of, of the empire and the city. It was kind of, um, a lot of people being, uh, shat upon by a lot of other people, but it was, uh, you know, a thousand miles away from Dublin, a thousand miles away from Ireland, and, and you know, a couple years already away from living there. And so was he, are you so saying that he wrote these stories there? Did he write yeah, these he stories there these or stories. in Dublin? He wrote these stories in Trieste. Okay. I was under the impression that he had written these before he went to London. Not all of them, but, um, I mean, I don't know. 
I know that he went immediately to Trieste almost, right? After leaving yeah. Ireland to London. Okay. And I wasn't clear why. I haven't read his biography, but um yeah, that's an interesting place to end up. Uh Yeah. And then, of course, he went to Rome because he was dissatisfied with his situation there, right? And then he became dissatisfied with his situation in Rome. And he was kind of a vagabond of sorts, right? With with not odd jobs. He had, like, teaching jobs and, like, a, he was a bank teller or something right. like that. he was, like, a language tutor. But, um, interesting. Okay, yeah, so, before he had so he was remembering back or... then. He was remembering back effect in Trieste and... Yeah. He did not write these previous to leaving Dublin. Okay, that's interesting. Um, do you get, at least from the children's perspective that are presented in these three stories, do you get the sense of it's him remembering his boyhood? Is that your impression? Yeah, there's some interesting... Yeah, so to jump into the sisters... Okay, yeah, let's do that. Because, um, yeah, why don't we just jump into the sisters? Um, there's some in- interesting... Uh, it, it, it doesn't... Yeah, I mean, we can we can debate whether or not uh, it matters, but it resonates with his uh, personal life. Um, but for a writer who has such an assumed like godlike, like like we were talking about, like uh, off 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 air, <laughs> uh, this kind of like assumed godlike distance from his work, um, it 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 it's uh, where 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 he's kind of. Uh, I think it was Aquinas, maybe, or somebody, that, one of the, it's hard for me to remember the Catholics because they're also boring to me. <laughs> Catholic theology is such a snoozer. Um, but yeah, like, uh, he kind of modeled himself after this one idea from Aquinas or somebody of like the artist being just like kind of a god, just like standing beyond, behind and beyond his work. But then on the first page of uh, The Sisters, already like the uncle character really feels like his dad um john joyce which is interesting that he would displace his dad into his uncle a couple times already in the the three stories we read um both of those uncle characters really feel like they might as well just be called john um his dad whom he had a uh tricky relationship with um uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess any expatriate will have, or, or you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a tendency of the expatriate condition um, to have, you know, not super uh, easy, breezy relationships with your family back home. Um, and yeah, so that like displacement of his uncle, his dad into his uncle, and his un- and and the the uncle character as being uh, not super charming per se um the sisters the the priest himself uh is like like resonates back to i think it was on his mother's side yeah it would have to be on his mother's side there was like an old demented priest um who died of in a state of paralysis and uh whom i guess Joyce had, James Joyce had, had, had some personal affection for. Um, so yeah, whether or not it matters to you, this is like a pretty personal story, right? Okay. 
So an interesting uh, thing to keep in mind as we as we read through Joyce of how autobiographical it all is. So a word that sticks out, of course, which you just mentioned, is the word paralysis, which is on the first page, uh, right. talking about that priest yeah. who dies in a and home. Softly to myself, the word paralysis. Right. Right. It always it had always sounded strangely in my ears. Um, Oh, you know, I want to bring up my impression of his writing, since this is not my first impression, but um, I never read Dubliners, anyway, of James Joyce, and this is early on. Okay. I was surprised how young he was when he wrote this, because it's such a, um, there's such a power and a subtlety that I don't think you would expect in someone that age, uh, in, in the forthright writing of, this, of these short stories. Um, do you agree with that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I, 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 like you would expect someone to be finding their bearings, you know, in their voice. Uh, I don't know how much he reworked this until it was published, but so he comes off so, yeah, as a very strong writer. He had written before this, he had written a few failed uh, first attempts at things. He had uh, written some poetry, which even he didn't think was very good, as I kind of mentioned last, last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the first draft of what would eventually become Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Um, he had written an essay called Portrait of the Artist. He, at this point, um, I think when he was, maybe not when he was writing The Sisters, because The Sisters was the first he finished, and then um, he finished the rest, like, months later. Uh, but around the same time that he's writing these stories he's writing Stephen Hero which is like the reworking of that novel so he's like in kind of a um apprenticeship period um and it's kind of lucky that he couldn't get some things published because like uh Portrait of the Artist wouldn't have been as good if he had been able to publish it then Mm -hmm. as Stephen Hero or Stephen's Hero or something um so yeah, he he, if not like mature by age, he had you know he, this is when his first stab at writing. He had like at least learned some of what not to do already at this point. Okay, okay. So the first story is the sisters. We've already jumped into that, and it's from the perspective of a child. I suppose it would be him. And a priest has died in his aunt's yeah. house, correct? Who he has a fondness for, who he yeah. often visited. and um, The priest, at least. Not the aunt. The aunts are kind of ciphers. Right. The, no, the, the priest. The I'm, priest. Yeah. He, feels, yeah. It, you, he doesn't even feel like he does like his mom or aunt, if that's his mother. Um, no. <laughs> because he's kind of hiding. I underlined something where he says, I knew that I was under observation. So he kind of mm-hmm. acts in a way that is... Um, there's like counterfeit. a counterfeit relationship, a kind of... Yeah, he doesn't want to reveal his uh, true emotions yeah, or something. Yeah, there's a counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, his true emotions, which would be revealingly, uh, you know, the sad emotions of somebody whose homie just died. Okay. So he has to keep a stiff upper lip. Um, speaking of paralysis, speaking of how, a, how a, you know, a small culture becomes paralyzed um yeah you know uh that kind of sense of uh open repression of your how how you how you are um another thing i noticed about the writing and how how it's such a um 
how it's such a strong piece of writing is this the um inference mm-hmm. that he has where it's nothing straightforward it's i mean a lot of it it's written straightforwardly pretty much but there's a lot of inference going on almost like and i know this yeah, is from it the doesn't book. like say yeah yeah go ahead Sorry. i was gonna say it reminds me of how children experience the world when you think back to when you were a kid you kind of mm. This is it reminded me of that how a kid would would explain something and look at something and and remember it you know um in the encounter yeah. obviously they don't necessarily understand what's going on maybe in this he gets that the guy's dead right. but he's experiencing what adults are used to you know in a way that I don't know that's the impression right. I had when I was reading it um okay yeah and it was important to Joyce to like to show that to to just again just as like you know it's important in the history of a culture to talk about its infancy um to also i mean as we'll see with portrait of the artist as a young man um not just like the mature characters but you know some some, some you know one sort of way formed person now did you get the sense when you reread it of any disdain in these three stories for ireland because um I can see where the characters maybe are like there's a bit of a I don't want to say condescension. I don't know what the word would be, but I didn't necessarily sense any hatefulness about Ireland by reading these three stories. Um yeah, so some of the more pesky stories will come in a moment. Uh or not in a moment, but yeah, come soon. Uh, I think Boarding House is one of the specifically, uh, John Decide, yeah, uh, John Decide stories, and, uh, that'll be in our next group. Okay. Going back to the, oh no, in the one after next. Um, yeah. So, here, I mean, it's hard for me not to read, uh, Joyce in the context of knowing that he was exiled for life. From Ireland, um, and to to read kind of all of the like adult characters as kind of just these stodgy, uh, yeah, ciphers. Mm. A lot of them. Um, I guess not not in the case of, of an encounter. That's a whole different uh, adult going on. Um, yeah, I think I think the kind of where you were saying the 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 setting or not not just the setting but like the the narration coming from a childhood perspective um kind of helps here to like we were talking about last time with the epiphanatic moments in all these stories how they just kind of happen without like a lot of you know pages and pages of like incisive commentary upon them mm-hmm. um just as that would you know probably happen to a child um and maybe like only later would he or she would I look back and be like oh like piecing together what exactly like the implications of that were um that thing that somebody said that people seem to react to but i don't know really what they're reacting to okay yeah um, and i was gonna say maybe yeah, there's, a, there's a kind of constant yeah go ahead 
I was going to say in these three stories, at least, there's sort of a wonder and mystery to the narration, like you were saying, about the kid walking through the situation yeah. that he really has no control over whatsoever. He can't. He can control his reaction, I guess, but you know, the repression, like you said, of of what's yeah. expected is kind of what the kid's going to do, you know, and he's not making choices necessarily. Um, and we'll talk about uh, Araby in a minute, but. But you know he's he's dependent upon his right. uncle for for doing what he wants to do and so forth. Um, and here he's being led yeah. uh, through the motions of what it means when someone dies, and he's overhearing right. the adults talk and so forth. So yeah, that maybe that hides what yeah. I'm going to read into the other stories coming up. Um, yeah. About how um, he felt about Ireland. Yeah. So speaking of yeah, I, I, they're speaking of yeah being walked through the motions of what it means when people die. Uh, just before we move on to something else. Um, yeah, that's a few of the passages I had, like, underlined or bracketed out. Um, okay. Yeah, we have totally different editions, because mine is, like, a joint edition with uh, Portrait of the Artist. So uh, I don't know how to... Starting from the the paragraph, like, halfway through, I went in on tiptoe when he finally is brought to uh, the dead room. Um... So I, I'll just read the whole paragraph. I hadn't planned on reading the whole paragraph, but to give you time to find it. Okay, good. I went in on tiptoe, the room through the lake, and of the blind with diffused with dusky golden light, amid which the candles looked like pale, thin flames. He had been confined, been coffined, my bad. He had been coffined. Nanny gave, gave the lead, and we three knelt down at the floor of the bed. And then, yeah, here's the part where I uh, reacted to I pretended to pray, but I could not gather my thoughts because the old woman's mutterings distracted me. I noticed how clumsily her skirt was hooked at the back and how the heels of her cloth boots were trodden down all to all to one side. The fancy came to me that the old priest was smiling at his, as he lay there in his coffin. Um, I don't have any commentary to, write, to, 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 to say on that, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was uh, opposite to what you were saying. Mm. Um, apropos to, uh... Right, just automatically yeah. having to kneel and pray. Yeah, and pretend to pray. Right. Um, say the word, but, but then also, not only that, but, like, just the, uh, overt, yeah, the, the mutterings of his, of his other aunt, <laughs> um, kind of distracting him. Well, and let's talk about the fact that the guy was a priest, okay? Because I guess it's from real life, so it would have been someone he knew for real that was a priest that became, I suppose, uh, unable to do his um, work as a priest without dropping the chalice, right? I suppose he broke a chalice and that kind of upset him very strongly and that's when he retired as a priest is the impression I got. Um, Is there anything deeper than that? Did he just become basically... Uh, mentally incapable of being a priest? Is that your impression of what happened? Or do you think there was something uh, yeah, then, behind it? I think but there he was sitting up by himself in the dark in his confession box wide awake and laughing like softly to himself. <laughs> um, yeah. And that reminds uh, me of... Um, go ahead, I'm going to try to find something that, that reminded me of. A no, passage. No. No, well, there's a passage yeah. where he talks about, 
I'm looking for it, where he talks about how important every single detail of what the priest did was to the priest and to the church, and how he was explaining that to the child, the narrator. And then he says something along the lines of, I can't even understand how anyone has the courage to even attempt to be a priest because every single detail is so important. You know, if you mess one thing up... Big scary books about, uh, or big intimidating books, right? About every single thing, and yeah, so that impression that he had had obviously come from his interactions with the old man after the fact, um, after after his breakdown, had yeah, um. The duties of the priest toward the Eucharist and toward the secrecy of the confessional seemed so grave to me that I wondered how anybody had ever found in himself the courage to undertake them. And I was not surprised when he told me that the fathers of the church had written books as thick as the post office directory and as closely printed as the law notices in the newspaper. So, um, you know, and I, I can see, I can totally understand, and I'm sure you can too, the impression that religion would make on on a child, um, right. especially someone in this era with the Catholicism that it was so intense, you know, it was very serious, um, every detail. Right. And this is being written by I mean, someone who's come through that and looking back. Ran into, he probably interacted with very few Protestants, like his whole life was bound around by Catholics. There's a moment in an encounter where like the they mentioned the like the possibility of being Protestants. This was some weird like scheduling thing, um, and then like uh, the idea that they might be Protestants gets them like yelled at. Right. Um, it's a put down. Yeah, it was. It was. It was beyond just like uh, Sunday for an hour style. Uh, religious upbringing. Um, there's like a anti Freemason thing that his aunt says, or, or like uh, in the Araby story, where she's like, I, I hope it's not a Protestant or, or a Freemason thing. And Catholics always, um, at least at this point, associated Freemasonry with uh, Protestant devilry. Um, so yeah, just casually, it's kind of ubiquitously uh, Catholic in a cultural mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. on top of just the religious way. Um, not that those two are separate. And I know this story is about a death, but I was going to mention, mm. it seems to me to be a sad story. The impression it leaves is kind of one of sadness, I would say. And it's, I, I guess it has to do with the fact that the guy was disabled and then he died kind of paralyzed. And then the aunt mentions, this is in, on my second to last page for the story, that he was a disappointed man. You could see that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so he seems like a man who had a life that, was, that wasn't spent to its full, you know, and that um, he was disappointed yeah, in I, when I he had died. Also, I mean, are there any characters in the story who seem terribly lively? Like, the aunts are, like, sitting there trying to talk to each other. There's a line, like, Nanny had leaned her head against the soft yeah well um, so they seem very simple like, but that's not necessarily bad or sad is it well i mean for one thing yeah uh i i 
the the life unleavened unleavened by you know any education or even uh, mm-hmm. like the opening passages where they're talking about like there's like a anti-education uh, anti books anti anti um, mm-hmm. yeah knowledge um, uh, that's a bummer but also I mean beyond there are simple lively people um, but the, yeah these people are kind of I mean, yeah, they they they're barely able to like uh, when they when they do talk, it's you know malapropism filled, um, or maybe not filled, but uh, yeah, they have you know simplistic malapropisms. But yeah, I mean, none of these characters seem to be uh, terribly virile, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily uh, or not at all a, a, a condition of of, of just simple people right they seem they i don't know if they are arching sense of paralysis is what i'm saying i don't know if they are old but they did feel like they were dragging themselves around you know yeah 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 thinking now i guess they couldn't they probably wouldn't be that old if they have a child um i mean well a little bit of it's complicated by the again by you know transferring his parents into translating them into aunt and uncle so but still if he's you know let's say he's 12 what would they be in their 40s right 50s yeah uh shouldn't be that old okay um you can be emotionally (laughs) intellectually stale at any age i guess absolutely i mean there's some people we went to college with that i could not talk to just because it was like oh my god talking to i feel like i'm walking through glue trying to talk to you (laughs) i wasn't one of them was i deep deep sand uh no i'm kidding uh yes i totally agree with that but you know there's something to be said though about not simply looking down upon people who uh what am I looking for? I, I, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't mean to, to say that, or to be condescending, or to say that Joyce is being condescending, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, just I, I would, yeah, just go back to, I, they're, they're not, like, virile people. They're not live right. people, is what I mean. Um, or is, is my main, because there are plenty of, uh, you know, uneducated people that, that, that are great. Right. Um, Almost no connection to... Maybe a good word, too, would be uncomplicated. uh, You know, because it's kind of like... If you think of people you know... Like, well, like you, or some people who I enjoy talking to about interesting topics. um, Your life is not complicated. A lot of people who have complicated lives (laughs) annoy me and are boring. Because they're so busy, they're so always, um, you know... Like, striving for things that are just so temporal you know and it's like Mm. that irritates me more than someone who smokes weed and drinks all the time but is really fun (laughs) to hang out with and talk to not saying there isn't an in-between but i'm saying you know you can be uncomplicated and like you said have a life of interesting uh experiences even inside dublin okay or yeah, just like a just like an energetic vir- virility. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe not inside of Ireland at that point, just because of uh, continuous poverty and just kind of uh, famine and starvation and uh, the kind of like imprint of just at this point, geez, hundreds and hundreds of years of evil British colonial rule. Mm-hmm. Um, where and, and I mean, there's there 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 there's some like uh, roots of of like Irish identity which are kind of stolen from them. The language, for one thing, um, they were like not even allowed to talk in Irish, um, or not allowed to learn Irish at school and stuff like that. So um, to say that they you know, might be kind of, or uh, not have like a like a, a kind of basis and in, in, or, or not not have have kind of like a like a cultural like sustaining heritage, um, isn't necessarily their fault because a lot of that was stolen from them. Like civil hated that. Uh, he talked about like talking in the 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 tongue of the the conquerors of the imperialists. Mm-hmm. The colonialist, um, how he wasn't able, I, I, he couldn't speak Irish because he literally couldn't speak Irish. He leave, um, and how, yeah, that that, that they kind of hacked at a certain point in, in Celtic history, and uh, it's not surprising that the you know the 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 roots didn't grow. <laughs> Um, and they just got mowed down by the by the fucking British. Um, so yeah, it's hard not to talk about that when you're talking about Joyce, because a big theme and things and uh, his his whole setting as 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 an Irish person. Um, only a few decades after the famine, and they were starved by the English. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, that history reminds me of the history of the Middle East, where it seems so intractable and impossible to understand if you're not, I'm not saying it is, but if you're not bred there and and sort of it's inherently in you, like Joyce had an inherent opinion, obviously. Um, Right. uh, And it was sort of an age. complicated things for anybody who's not in England and Ireland or Wales or Scotland is that they all look white they're all just white people <laughs> it's just like shorter white people and taller white people and yeah. white people with worse teeth and stuff um the irish are probably like i was saying joyce was kind of squirrely um even you know a few decades after the famine maybe had kind of ended uh the irish were probably smaller because they didn't get food <laughs> they were starved um by uh, policies of the english um, so, yeah, other than the fact that they, you could probably tell an Irish person by how, how small they physically were. So was uh, Joyce, yeah, do we know, like a white person taking, was Joyce sorry? against, was Joyce against the empire in particular? Like, I'm sorry, oh, I in mean, general? Joyce was just like a internationalist okay. socialist. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. It, uh, it, 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 he, yeah, he was, he was, he was anti- because obviously it doesn't come up like, I am, literally in he doesn't say he doesn't write political okay 
I was going to say the impression I have is someone who worked within the system. I mean, obviously he had an interesting sort of um, independent lifestyle and trying to get things written and published and so forth um, and going from job to job. But that's interesting to know because I wouldn't have, I, I just don't remember learning that. So, um, yeah, obviously, so the, the experience with colonialism in Ireland. But yeah, I mean, he didn't write, you know, peons to, you know, Marx or whatever. Okay. All right, so let's move on to An Encounter, the second story. Um, I read in the introduction how this is based on, uh, similar to the first story, perhaps, that an experience he had as a kid skipping school. Uh, so boys have decided to skip school. I think it's three, a pair of, uh, a set of three boys who are friends. Um, one of whom doesn't make it funks out or what do they say? Uh, I knew fatty'd funk it. <laughs> I know there was a lot there was a lot more slang in this one I felt like that um you I at least I had to infer yeah, so about part of it Mahoney's uh part of the reason this would be harder to get published obviously the end is, is uh more troubling legally um but yeah uh right around then yeah he said something about like how Mahoney was always more comfortable with slang and um, yeah, calling girls birds and stuff. Yeah. I remember exactly. Mahoney. Yeah. Um, a col- a, part of the color of the story is the mentioning of popular Western literature. And um, mm. I thought that was interesting. I didn't expect yeah, that. And, and it reminded me of something you were bringing yeah. up about well, how... American Western, yeah. American Western, right. It, it reminded me in a roundabout way about what you were saying about the culture being so suffocating. Um, mm. we It's hard to remember reading these books written back then, before the internet and so forth, how confined people were to where they were born. Uh, and, you know, obviously yeah. had books and things like that and magazines and newspapers, but... But not that many books. I mean, but yeah, you're so, in a, a poor household. Right. There aren't, like, you know public libraries you can go hang out in in ireland at this time true i think so so the uh, the the to go hang out at the library the strangeness of seeing you know probably a colorful i'm assuming like a colorful magazine or something with a cowboy or an indian on it would be so much more such 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 a different experience from what we would feel if we saw that you know as a boy right um yeah so anyway i wanted to bring that up because i thought it was interesting how uh right that's what it made me think of how the the a kid would experience of, hmm, right. seeing a little or, or getting involved in comics or whatever whatever the comparison would be to uh to these books i can't i don't really i don't know what it well, would yeah, have looked it's, like it's, but that's it's what hard i thought to of. come up with any because like i mean america is kind of in 1900 or in 1885 or whatever and in, in ireland i mean america is just like this new other place basically um, there really isn't like a, a good comparison. Um, yeah, that, 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 is, I mean, it's more of an escapism than any, you know, superhero that we could really imagine, especially because, geez, you can't fucking escape these fucking superhero <laughs> schlocks. 
Um, if at one point it was like an escapism, at this point, yeah, not anymore. So <laughs> Let's not digress. Um, anyway, so yeah. this this speaking of people who are vivacious, this has more uh, vivacious yeah. characters. I would say it's kind of a Mahoney, not definitely okay. Um, it's not necessarily fun, but it's. Well, it kind of is fun. So they're skipping school, and they're in good moods, you know, and they're doing random things, yeah. and it, you know, it feels like a summer they're, day. Or... Uh, I mean, it's, it's June something, <clears throat> uh, like a couple weeks before the end of school, 10 days before the end of school. Um, they're, like, uh, trying to, like, they're, they're, they're playing with these kids they don't know and trying to, like, ambush them. Um yeah, the the ones I objected to the boys were too small. Uh, they called that their swathers, and yeah, um, they're kind of roaming around yeah, the city. Roaming, the two of them, so they couldn't see see them. Yeah, um, there's like a maybe like a more of an independence than uh, they would normally, or way more of an independence than they would normally have um, locked away in the school. Yeah, they observe things. Yeah, getting to hang out with the workers, the fun, charming workers. <laughs> uh, you get the impression of industry going, going on. Every time playing they see ships coming uh, and going. Yeah. yeah, I mean that. That, that I mean that's yeah, very explicitly um, a you know romantic or yeah, uh, lowercase are romantic or maybe uppercase are <laughs> romantic thing for them looking at the the mass of the ship and imagining. Uh, running away on one of them, Mahoney does, and even uh, the squirrely little narrator, which we can imagine, um, the little bookworm, um, as some would say, uh, yeah, uh, imagines it, uh, looking at the... Well, I can't find it immediately. Um, but yeah, just like looking at the mass and kind of imagining, you know, floating out into the, to the geography that had been doused lightly at them, or they had been dosed lightly with. There's, um, there's a part where, I think it's what you're talking about, where Mahoney, Mahoney said it would be right skirt. No, sorry. Mahoney said it would be right yeah, skit yeah. to run away on, to sea on one of those big ships. Right. right. And even I, looking at the high mass, yeah. saw or imagined the geography, which had been scantily dosed to me at school, gradually taking substance under my eyes. Right. <laughs> right. Such strong writing. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and it's uh, peculiar for, uh, for, yeah, to, to be so convincingly talented. You know who this writing reminded me of? I thought of and. Tell me if you agree, but I thought of Hawthorne, and um, oh, um, what do you think about that comparison? No, that's what it reminded me of reading the short stories of Hawthorne. Uh, um, that's what my mind went to, but I'm not an expert. I mean, I just don't know if I would have thought of that. Um, I don't know if Joyce would have been able to read Hawthorne or would have read Hawthorne. Or I maybe I'm thinking of Melville, because like Barnaby and stuff like that. I read it a long oh, time that ago. Would be Melville. Melville, yeah. Um, anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely with the when you're talking about anybody dealing with ships, 
um, and kind of like lively crewmen and uh, sea adjacent people along the strand. Um, yeah. My observation has been noted. Anyway, okay, <laughs> so the kids are running around, and uh, like we said, sort of they're seeing things they, going on in the city. They had this plan to get back in time, so I guess they can trick their parents. Or whoever about the fact right, that they, they skipped school. Yeah, so the time right. is drawing so, near, and they run into an interesting man walking about with a stick. Slowly. Yeah, at first, I think first time I read this, I'm trying to you know morph back into the fourteen year old who read this for the first time. I thought he was blind at first. Yeah, um, what? Because that's like the only reason you would have a stick. Um, but yeah, this is more just like a walking stick. Well, he emphasizes um, that he's slow, though, so I can see why you would think he was blind, because yeah. it's like pounded into your yeah, brain that, that he's that walking more, so slowly. I think that he's sizing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, they have an uh, encounter with this uh, queer old jocker. Um, a couple of double meanings in there. Um, who fantasizes about uh, punishing young boys. <laughs> it's hard to say that. The straight face. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what do you think of that? <laughs> of the encounter? So, I want to talk specifically about when the guy masturbates. Because that, that's explicit, right? I'm not misreading that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, basically, they master. literally see him masturbate. Which is... Well, he doesn't... Uh, the narrator doesn't really, like, look up, right? You think? Um, but, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's I, nev- it's, I, n- it's I neither answered nor raised my eyes. Enough. I neither answered nor um, raised my eyes, right. I mean... But there's no, there's yeah, no confusion and maybe... I don't, I don't want to say no confusion. There's no yeah. question no, no, about... No, 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 no. He, 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 he goes to master, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, but I'm talking about... At least with Mahoney, there's no question about what's going on. So you would assume <laughs> yeah. if you see someone masturbating, their motive in talking to you about weird things like, about girls. Especially when Mahoney like, and walks boys. away and he doesn't... Yeah, he kind of stays away. Um, and the way he reacts at the end, maybe a little bit informed by... Well, uh, and he, like you Mahoney, said... How Mahoney reacts at the end. Like you said, the narrator doesn't look up and I suppose maybe he's more intimidated by the man or I don't want to say intrigued because I don't feel like he is very intrigued by the guy. I think he's um, no, but he, experiencing he the conversation. This is like kind of uh, at the beginning when he's like trying to, he, he's like embarrassed that Mahoney sounds stupid. He's kind of like trying to maintain this kind of self-image and the public eye. Um, but yeah, we, it would just be like a normal interaction in the context of a normal interaction with a older person. Well, because he comes back to he talk to, to him. Perform by saying that he's read all the books and stuff. Right. Yeah. But he comes back after he masturbates to discuss further his sort of his well, yeah, obsession. Um, the yeah. first conversation uh, is about little girls. He asks them if they had girlfriends. 
And then right. the, the second conversation is geared towards boys and how if they're bad, they should be whipped. And he kind of s- repeats himself. Not only if they're bad, but if they say that they have little girlfriends, they should be whipped. Ooh. Um, which, remembering that Mahoney had said that he had little girlfriends, three little potties. Yeah, three little potties, I think. Uh, yeah, especially resonant. Um. I'm trying to find a line where he talks about how the guy repeats himself, but he led me monotonously through the mystery, grew almost affectionate, and seemed to plead with mm-hmm. me that I should understand him. That was a sad line because, the you know, you I don't know a a a, a perverted person talking to a child who wants to be understood. Um, yeah. That was a sad line. Kind of confessing and kind of pleading for. Yeah, it is kind of a confession. Understanding. And you wonder, of yeah. course, what else this dude is doing, or, um, you know, what he's done yeah. for the day, and what his what his typical plan is when he Why walks about. Why he's not at work at three thirty on a random day, stuff right. like that. His yellow teeth. Um, yeah, a lot of it's him a little bit out, a little bit askew. Uh, I think last. Lee, I think before we move on, um, also just to, 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 to shove this in a little bit, um, there was, uh, yeah, there, there's some implication that John Joyce got in trouble in a place called Phoenix Park by watching women, watching girls pee, <laughs> um, <laughs> which or micturate, I believe is the, the, the fancier word, um, which is a uh, abstracted, of course, but is a plot point in Finnegan's Wake. Um, How do you watch people pee? At least in Finnegan's Wake. Uh, or do you not know the mechanics of I doing think, that? Well, I guess you could look over something? Or something. Okay. It probably went 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 behind a tree, or it, maybe he broke in. Like you know, public bathrooms will have like you know a little window. Well, yeah. Sometimes you can look a, over in a park. Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. I do not know the geography of Phoenix Park in 1875 <laughs> or whenever John Joyce apparently supposed to be this. Okay. Um. But yeah, Erwicker from Finnegan's Wake at least is. Uh, implied to have been in trouble for watching girls pee in a public park. Um, something that troubled Joyce for a while. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I want to ask a question, but I feel like it's a stupid question. What do you, what do you, I wanted to say, what do you think, why, why would this be a story in this book? Is it just, did he, is he, is he trying to say, he was a powerful, encounter yeah do you think it was a real encounter he had or do you think it's related to the father or do you think he's trying to say something about uh, men in Ireland? probably okay if i'm gonna guess yeah it's interesting how short I mean, stories are too the most like lively person that we've met above the age of 12 so far is a pervert right? <laughs> um that's the only outlet <laughs> For any kind of liveliness in adult Irish people so mm. far. There you go. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, this next story is shorter than these other two. Do you find it interesting that the stories are really short? I mean, I guess um, he probably yeah, just wrote that's, them that's just the, the, until they concluded. I mean, that's very much him, his uh, style at this moment. There they're almost like letters. Word that I'm... Yeah, well, there is... He's not, like, trying to, like, explain himself longer. They're more than... Uh, or it's, uh, yeah, um, it, it, it's kind of, very, they're very, like, economical. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you ha- there's a lot of inference going to on, too, which is good yeah. writing. Yeah, so Elman, um, I, I hadn't gotten this sense even when I was younger, maybe. Um, yeah, Elman talks about how, like, sometimes writers could be, like, feel it's, it's almost like a test. Um when you just, because like, you know, kind of more traditionally a short story, they belabor a point and explain, you know, all the emotional and literal implications of what's going on. Um, but Joyce kind of just like lets it be. Um, and he's trying to, uh, yeah, a sudden revelation of the whatness of a thing is one I have underlined. Um, that was for the word I was looking for. Um, but yeah, the uh, El- El- Elman suspected. I don't know. I guess maybe this is. I mean, he was a professor, so maybe this is something his students felt. Um, did you get any sense like that? That like you were being tested. That uh, the writer just wasn't giving you enough to like, or, or or yeah, you were being forced to kind of like put too much or put a lot together or something. Are you talking about here or usually? Totally. Um, I see what you're saying. So, like, you're being taken into a confidence and you have to understand it. Right. In order to get in the club of being a good reader. Sophisticated modern readers, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I do feel like... Yeah, that was was something Elman wrote about. Maybe this goes back to the God thing about being above it. Maybe he... It's almost like a revelation of what it means to mm-hmm. be in Ireland. Well, yeah, like I said, the sudden whatness of a thing. Not necessarily just being in Ireland, but yeah, the sudden... Um, yeah, the now, what's that from? The sudden whatness of a thing? Is that, or something. is that a Joyce quote? That, 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 that's a Joyce quote. That's, that's um, when he's talking about epiphanies. Another word that he uses for it is epiclesi. From Greek, actually, he, he incorrectly writes it as epiclati, um, epiclesis, um, referred to an invo- invocation still found in the mass of the Eastern Church, but dropped from the Roman ritual in which the Holy Ghost is besought to transform the host into the body and blood of Christ. So it's like a Eucharistic moment, maybe. Okay. Um, to quote further from his letters to his brother Stanislav, I mean that I am trying to give people some kind of intellectual pleasure or spiritual enjoyment enjoyment by converting the bread of everyday life into something that has permanent artistic life of its own for their mental, moral, and spiritual uplift. Um, that last part feels real cliche. <laughs> um, unusually cliche, but yeah. Um... Yeah, just like like a kind of uh, aura of significance around those moments. 
Right. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad we talked that through, even though it was clumsy to bring up. Um, okay, so let's go to Araby. Is that how you would pronounce that? I suppose Araby is the Arab or the pseudo-Arab uh, market that's set up. Yeah, the bazaar. Okay, the bazaar, right. which I guess is kind of um, like a, a special... A thing that happened. Okay, go, explain what it is. Yeah, I have a note, I have a note in my, just the Barnes & Noble edition, uh, that the Araby Bazaar was a bazaar held to support the Jervis Street Hospital in Dublin, held May 14th, 19, 